Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. My name is Pastor Daniel Williams, your host of this podcast, where I get people that are other church leaders pouring into church leaders like yourself, because I think there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do. And we want to help that, uh, help you with that in your ministry, in your calling, in your service and love to the Lord by equipping and encouraging you. We want to encourage and equip uh, leaders from local leaders to national leaders to global leaders. Man, no matter what you're doing, what area of ministry you're doing for the Lord, I pray in this holiday season, in this moment, you are encouraged. And if so, uh, man, would you just leave a comment saying, amen? Would you reach out to us? Let us know how this ministry is helping you as we're coming upon the holidays and Thanksgiving. I am just so grateful and thankful for you to spend time with me. It's always a pleasure. It's always something I look forward to. I, by faith, look in this lens and act as if uh, the Lord uh, will use this to bless you. I act as if I'm having a meeting with another church leader, uh, a group maybe of 20 people surrounded and just trying to pour wisdom into you. And so I'm blessed that I don't have to do this alone. Uh, that I have a lot of other leaders that have connected to me or with me to be able to help. And I'm just so grateful, especially on this episode, because we're coming to an end of a season. That's right. This is season five. We have five seasons complete in the works. I was going to shoot for 22 episodes, but with the holidays and things going on, I wanted to just close out our season with episode number 20 uh, on this sort of topic of advice, counsel. A multitude of counsel is great gain, right? We're to listen to a lot of people. And one of the segments um, that uh, I have on this uh, this podcast is called One Piece of Advice Videos. And so what I wanted to do today as we close the season uh, with just reflecting on all of the content that has been brought to you this season, um, I want to play for you every single One Piece of Advice video in a row in this episode for you to just listen to. Uh, I think there's about 12 or 13 One Piece of Advice videos uh, from multiple people. I recorded a few people in Mexico, a, people, the, a few missionaries, pastors, lead pastors, women, men, in, uh, just a multitude of counsel, right? Just to be filled up, to be poured out into you in the last episode of this season. Uh, we are going to continue to do more episodes following the new year, 2024. Uh, I've already been recording, already stuff have his schedule out, more interviews, more uh, one piece of advice videos, uh, more leadership lessons, and another focus and another segment church planning. That's right, baby. We're going to focus a lot more on missions, church planning, reaching people, and just have some creative, fun things to do. Every season is a little bit different and unique. And you can go to the archive at eeleaders.com, find out all the messages or in your platform, listen, watch. We have a YouTube channel. And we also have a podcast uh, on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, these type of things for you to get all the archives and listen to. Please do so. There's a lot of content as we're going to be on this break, and we're still going to push out more content, just not via podcasting, but via our YouTube page. I don't know if you know this, but we actually have a YouTube page where uh, we have daily videos, some shorts, uh, some medium videos of five minutes. And sometimes I just, uh, every other week, I release this entire uh, episode on video. The idea for video, especially on YouTube, was to create these segments so that way you can pass that on in community. Maybe if you're uh, leading a staff, you can watch a leadership lesson and talk about it. Uh, this is really important for me to capture these things on video so you can not only hear, but also have the chance to visually see and spread the word and pass it on and do these things in community. And so, um, I want to make sure you're listening, uh, not only listening, but also watching, have that as a resource for most of you, you're listening, you, uh, man, I've been so shocked and surprised this last season. God continues to send people to listen to this podcast and many church leaders, we're talking about thousands now are coming a part of this community, uh, growing in their faith. And I just praise God for that. I thank God for that. It's something that I've always had a goal is to pour into church leaders to encourage and equip them. And I thought if I can get 40 people to regularly listen or be blessed by this ministry, then that's amazing because it really do care about individuals and community, but I'm not able to reach uh, thousands personally, but I can do it through technology and video and these type of means. And so, um, man, even if you've never given me a shout out or 
reached out to me or let me know you're listening. Um, I know that uh, it's beneficial to you and I appreciate you listening because I listen to many podcasts often and don't even give a review. Don't even share. I was just on my Instagram page uh, the other day and I just shared three podcasts I've been listening to. And I was like, you know what? I need to go on there. I need to give them a review. I need to share this stuff because man, it is so encouraging and it does a great um encouragement for the people that are planning and doing the podcast and doing the video recording and all that different stuff. And so um, I know this because when I get a shout out, when I get people making a comment, sharing a video, I'm like, wow, they listen. That's so encouraging. I'm just trying to help as many people as possible. And you guys have made that you girls have made that possible by sharing, by liking, by subscribing, all that different stuff. And I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you because I may be talking to a, a camera right here. But I know at the other end is a real life doing real work called by God. And we serve the same Lord Jesus Christ, his beautiful bride, the church. And I want to help you no matter where you're at in ministry. Uh, and I want to continue to do that. And so I'm excited about season six to continue to bring leadership lessons, segments, wisdom, counsel, uh, people that are practitioners doing the work for God to give you more wisdom and to continue to grow and learn. It's going to be an amazing time. But while we're on the break, because we're not going to, uh, you know, it's holidays, December, January, we have a prayer and fasting. So we'll probably start around February uh, back at the podcast. You can subscribe to our social media channels, get all the info. We'll still have shorts on social media. We'll still have the YouTube stuff. Uh, we'll have all that stuff going on on this break. Um, but I just wanted to uh, let you know and make you aware that we are taking a break. Uh, and although we're taking a break from the podcast, ministry is banging. God has been moving behind the scenes and it is awesome. I cannot wait to share the stuff that I'm capturing, how God is moving and uh, uh, it's just going to be fun. Uh, lastly, guys, thank you so much community, uh, my Patreon community that are supporting monthly. Uh, you know that I'm bivocational and a part of this is just my time giving to you and uh, ministry is so important to me that I value it and the way that I'm able to do this is because some people support me, even as a missionary, as a church leader uh, with getting this stuff out to you guys. And so I just want to let you know our Patreon community during the break, there's still going to be uh, some extra special stuff on our Patreon page, some more interviews, some more bonus content resources. Uh, you can connect to me, connect with me there. If you'd like to join our Patreon page, whether it be to join the community to get coaching, to get extra benefit uh, of bonus content, or even some church materials, uh, please do so. Check out the link below described in the show notes. Uh, you can easily do that for as little as $9.99 a month and get more content, uh, not only on the break, but throughout the year. And it actually helps me uh, sustain this ministry and push this stuff out. There are beneficial, uh, there are administrational costs to this ministry, whether it be camera, um, a website, hosting, all this different stuff in the back end that I'm trying to provide uh, for you all at a minimal cost and resource. And so uh, if the Lord puts this on your heart, Please uh, support, give to the ministry. Uh, it's something that actually does make a difference and does uh, make a difference when you not only financially give, but also uh, spread the word with your credibility. Let other church leaders know about this ministry. And if it's been a benefit to you, leave a review, those type of things. And so I've talked long enough. I'm just super happy uh, that we're coming to an end of season five because I've just grown so much this last season. Very grateful. And uh, what I'm going to do sort of fun, you've may have heard, if you're a faithful listener, all the one piece of advice, but I'm going to play all the one piece of advice in a row. And then at the very end, I'm going to give you my one piece of advice, something that uh, God has spoken to me and I let pass on to other church leaders often. Uh, we know it's not the piece of advice, it's a piece of advice. And it's very hard to capture that in two to four minutes. But uh, man, I want to be able to share that with you. And because my mother-in-law, Janelle, God bless you. Thank you for listening, editing, watching. You wanted a piece, one piece of advice from me. I'm going to give that to you as a recap. So stay at the very end and then I'll come and give you my one piece of advice as well. So enjoy this episode, guys, and uh, we will see you in season six. Hi, 
I'm Tiffany Valenzuela. My family and I are in Madrid, Spain, church planting. We've been here for eight years. And I have one piece of advice for you today. Um, just as Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians, about how he chose to boast in his weaknesses. So why? So that he would not become proud. And we all know about the thorn in his flesh that he, he cried out to God three times, please take it away. And what did God say? He's like, no, you know what? Actually, my grace is sufficient for you. For, for my power works best in your weakness. Oh man, being a missionary here in, in Spain is just well, being a missionary anywhere, doing ministry anywhere, it's just a trip, no? And so we came here eight years ago. I didn't know any Spanish. And it has just been something, like being an adult, being a mom to three children. At times, I'm like, Lord, this is impossible to learn a new language. And so here, we're here, we're ministering, like everything we do is in Spanish. Um, the church, all the ministry there is in Spanish. Um, the discipleship that we do, all the worship, um, all of these things. It's like, Lord, so many times I've said, Lord, you know that if you called us like to the States or to another English speaking country, don't you know how much more effective I would be to, to teach people about you, to be able to counsel people, to, to comfort people, to really share what's on my heart. Lord, don't you realize that? And yet over the years, I'm convinced that, you know, he just gets more glory for it. Even though at times I feel like I speak like a little child in this language, although we're like leaders in the church, my husband's a pastor, I'm the pastor's wife, I lead worship, all these things. And at times I'm like, these poor people, like what do they think when they come here? But I'm convinced, I am seriously convinced that God just gets more glory in it. Maybe we'll never see it on this side of eternity. Maybe we won't. But he has called us. And that is something that, that we need to remind ourselves that, that he's called us to these churches, to these countries, to these groups of people doing ministry in this language or in this neighborhood, whatever. He like he's called us knowing our weaknesses. Like our weaknesses, the things that do not come natural to us, those are not a surprise for him. And yet he has called us to operate in those. And I, I, I am sure it's because he gets the glory. It's nothing in us. Our pride can't rise up and be like, oh, look what I did. Because there is nothing I can say that I'm doing here in this ministry that is so good. Or it's, oh, man, I've really perfected this. Like, not at all. But you know what? Lord, here it is. I am offering this service to you because you're going to get the glory. And it's amazing to see whenever we step out in faith because that's what it is. It's a step of faith in our weakness and we see God begin to move and we see God begin to work and really our hearts just give him praise because we know that it had to be a work of the spirit to work in spite of my, in spite of my weaknesses. And we all know the Hall of Faith, chapter 11 of Hebrews, and how he's talking about all these people that we can't wait to meet one day. We're going to meet them. And we can't wait. Like you think about Abraham and how God called him to a new land, a land that he didn't even know. We're like, yes, I want to be like that. Abraham, you rock. You know, we want to see all these people, Rahab, all of them. Can't wait to meet them. But at the end of the list, he's like, and if I had time, I could tell you about this person and that person and how they shut the mouths of lions. And this is what he says, because their weakness was turned to strength. He's not saying like, man, they were this, they were that. Think about Moses. He couldn't even speak. Man, I relate with him, you know, but our weakness is turned to strength. And that is God's realm. That is not the realm here on this earth. That is just part of God's kingdom. In our weakness, something happens. So I want to encourage you, step out in faith and continue ministering. Even if you're weak, even if you're at the, the end, you're like, I just don't have it anymore. Step out in faith and continue in your weakness because his grace is sufficient for you and it's sufficient for me. The Lord bless you all. Bye. Hey, what's up guys? My name is Sam Powers and I'm the youth pastor at the Avenue Church in Delray Beach.
And my one piece of advice for youth workers or ministry leaders would be to fight to abide. Jesus says in John 15, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And and I, I love how simple Jesus is at the end of that. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you want spiritual fruit in your life, in your ministry, like, like I'm where that comes from, Jesus says. And yet, I know that, I believe that, and we all do. But functionally, I think sometimes we, we run and we go and we get focused on doing and being God's employees and working really hard with, with good motives sometimes, but out of our own power. We're the life source. And Jesus says in John 15, you're not the life source, I am. And so being people who fight to abide when, when the demands of ministry and the demands of life are the to-do list is long, but being people who say, no, I'm going to fight for time. I, I will abide specifically and be, be with Jesus daily in, in moments of prayer, time in the word, um, prayer throughout the day. Like I, I will fight to make this a deeply spiritual, personal uh, ministry. This is, this is my worship. This is not my job. This is my worship. Um, and Jesus goes on at the end of that chapter to say, I've said these things that your joy may be full, that I would give you my joy. And that's where joyful and fruitful ministry comes from, people who are desperate to abide in the vine. Hi, my name is Aaron Weens. I uh, currently live in Bachinivo, Mexico. I uh, have been a missionary in the mountains, the Tarawana Mountains, for about five years in Mexico, and I've been five years here in Bashiniva. Uh, currently, I'm a gym teacher, and I teach Bible, and I lead a lot of the devotions here at the at the school. Something God has uh, really pressed on my heart and taught me over the last several years of ministry is how important it is to make the scripture and the stories of the scripture understand understandable. Um, to, to every level of uh, literacy, to le- every level of uh, learning capacity. When I lived up in the mountains, there was a lot of people who were barely literate. And um, I think my seven, eight-year-old son, it was probably as literate as some of the people who um, were in the congregation at that time. And we put a lot of emphasis and good emphasis on uh, expository preaching. And there are people who do that very beautifully. But we need to not be afraid to just tell the simple stories of Scripture and let the stories of Scripture show the character of God and draw people in. The stories of Scripture are so engaging. They're scandalous. They're you know, marvelous, unbelievable, miraculous. And that sticks with people, people who don't have the capacity to open up the Scriptures in home and read the Bible. They're going to remember the stories b- better than you know, the definition of logos in Greek. And so as teachers of the word, I think God has just shown me um, to emphasize telling the stories of the Bible and, and helping people connect to him through the stories that, he, uh, that he's given us. And I think one of the things that really encouraged me into doing this was uh, Jesus' teaching on the parables. There were so many times that Jesus would share a parable and he would just leave it at that. He would just leave leave the story for the people to chew on and they would tell that story to their children and and so on and so forth and for generations for thousands of years the scriptures and the stories of creation and abraham isaac jacob moses have been passed on around campfires um, around the dinner table and so as a teacher of the word it's my goal uh, to just tell the stories in a way that engages the people that are listening and allows them to connect to their creator um, in a beautiful way. So keep uh, teaching, uh, keep preaching, uh, expository preaching, but don't be afraid to just tell the simple stories of scripture as they are. Let the scriptures come to life in the mind of the, um, of the listener. Thanks.
Hey, y'all. My name is Kai Wilkinson. I attend Gospel Fellowship in Boynton Beach, where my husband serves as the lead pastor. And this is my one piece of advice. Find someone outside of your normal community that you can talk to about what's on your heart, about what's happening in your church or in your ministry. Um, This I find to be very therapeutic because they're not directly tied to everything that's going on. They don't, they may not know everyone. Maybe they know some people, but they don't know everything and all of the whereabouts and who's this and who serves where, but you can uh, just share what's on your heart. You can tell them your frustrations. You can kind of have a safe place to vent. Um, And this person should be someone who's able to listen well, um, but also able to, one, redirect you back to Jesus um, and also to to kind of speak uh, objectively and not uh, hold grudges against the people that you're talking about, because maybe that person is your spouse or maybe that person is someone that you serve very close with and you love these people that you serve with. But sometimes we know that folk can be real annoying and folk can get on our nerves. And so I would say to just have someone that you can talk to on a regular basis, or even if it's just once in a while that you have a coffee date. Uh, I mean, if they live in another state, it'd be amazing if you could even get away for some time to, to be with them and to just be able to share what's on your heart and they'd be able to receive that and give objective, uh, feedback without being tied to the situation or having to, uh, you know, go back in the situation with you. So that's, that's my one piece of advice. Sometimes that can be challenging and, um, you know, we may not make that a priority because we think that we just have to take it and we just have to deal with it. And because we're Christian, we, we should be able to take these things to the Lord in prayer, but we have to be careful because there can be a seed of bitterness that grows in us and resentment against the people of God who, who we love and we enjoy and we, we, we love to serve with. Typically, um, in, a, in, in most situations, I would say we love, to, we love serving alongside the people that, we, um, that, that are in our ministry or that we go to church with. Um, but it can get challenging. And, and if we're not careful, we begin to resent them and we, we, uh, we re- begin to resent serving altogether. And, and we feel like we want to take some steps back and moonwalk away from the people and moonwalk away even from the church if we're not careful. Um, so that's my one piece of advice. Find someone where you can share your heart. Um, you can share your experiences with, um, you can share your frustrations with, you can kind of just dump on them and they can, they can handle that and, you know, be able to digest that and, and give you positive feedback, encourage you, build you up, remind you of why you're serving in the first place and point you back to the one who carries you through it all. Hello, family. My name is Nellie Vansickle. I'm a senior pastor at Evergreen Calvary Chapel up here in Washington State. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, for allowing me the opportunity to share a a little nugget of wisdom uh, with with leaders within the body of Christ. If there's one piece of advice that has helped me uh, more than any other over over the years, or at least that has stuck with me um, through every year of walking with, with Christ since I heard it over over 10 years ago, my senior pastor back in Texas, he had shared with me, you don't always have to be right but your heart has to be in the right place. And that has helped me in leading in, in his church, leading in my family and my home. Uh, you don't always have to be right, but your heart has to be in the right place. Uh, Hebrews says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we don't know um, which risks we take are gonna pay off and which ones aren't. We're, we're doing the best that we can by the leading of his spirit, by by discernment and faith to... Uh, to obey what he's called us to do. And um, when he told me, when my pastor told me, you don't always have to be right, but your heart has to be in the right place. Uh, it was it was freeing because um, we're, we're so afraid at times of, of taking risks and sometimes making even decisions that, well, what's going to happen? How's this going to go? And, you know, look at your heart. What, you know, it's been, you've been given a new heart. If you're a Christian, right? If we're born again, we've been given a, a, a new heart. The old is gone, the new has come. And, um, if that heart is to honor God and obey him, he'll, he'll meet you where you're at. I, I think of 1 Samuel 13. I think of Jonathan and his armor bearer. There's, there's nothing in the text that, that says God told him to do anything that day. 
He simply says, let's go see if God wants to do something. And, and they go up to the Philistines and he tells his armor bearer, if they say, we're going to come down there and get you, you know, we'll stay put. But if they say, come up here and, and let us show you a thing or two, then, uh, then we know that God is going to meet us, that he's going to do something. You know, why were, were those the conditions he laid out? We don't know from the text, but it's, it's fascinating though. He set out uh, for God's glory. He set out, he took a risk and took a step of faith and God did meet him in a mighty way with an earthquake and victory and, you know, incredible time, right? New Testament example, I think of Paul when I think of um, Acts chapter 16, when he, of course, wants to continue to preach the gospel, he wants to go back out to Asia Minor and uh, says in Acts 16 that the Holy Spirit prevented them, that the Spirit of Christ prevented him from, from doing so. He wanted to do a good thing, right? He, he wanted to honor God. He wanted to obey, preach the gospel, right? We've all been commissioned to do that. And that's what he wanted to do. And the Holy Spirit prevented him from going back out to Asia Minor. But we know eventually Paul receives a vision to take the gospel to Macedonia. And he obeys, of course, and, and there's, we, we have Lydia and, and all, you know, the Philippian jailer, all these wonderful things that came out of, of that redirection. So, you know, he set out wanting to obey, wanting to honor God, and God met him along the way because his heart was to honor God. And if that is your heart, to honor God, we've been given new hearts. Yes, I know Jeremiah seventeen nine says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who may know it? And this is not some, you know, Disney message of follow your heart. Um, but you've been given a new heart. You've been born again. And uh, the old is gone. The new has come. And if your heart is set on honoring God, just trust that he's going to meet you along the way. Take those steps to continue to obey and don't be afraid of making and even being wrong. Paul was wrong about going back out to Asia Minor, but God pointed him in the right direction. Uh, trust that the Lord is going to direct you as well by the power of his spirit. Know that he loves you and know that uh, he wants you to know his will. If any of you lack wisdom, ask of the Lord who gives generously. And uh, I hope that helps you as much as it helped me over the years. I love you. And uh, thank you again, Pastor Daniel. God bless. My name is Jeremy Sanchez, and I have been involved in various levels of church leadership over the years. Currently, I serve in my local church, but also serve as a board member for the House of Blessing. And I would say in the years that I've been involved with ministry and also professionally, the one piece of advice I would give is, um, I would say really a key word for me, which is empathy. Um, I find that in any situation with someone, it's, there's never a downside to trying to see something from their view. Um, and that's whether it's, it could be a conflict, it could be giving any type of advice, whether it's somebody who's um, seeking counsel, um, or just dealing with a really tough situation, I've found I always have an immediate opinion about what they say, but I like to pause before I offer any kind of advice or insight and really try to put myself in their shoes. I think when you do that, it does a couple things. One, it shows that you're truly listening and you hear where they're coming from. It also allows an opportunity to get clarity or clarification on what they're actually looking for. Um, and then two, it allows you to really um, provide advice or give, give a solution that's really through their lens and not your own. Um, utilizing your own experiences to maybe advise them or, or give them some insight. Um, but I think when you can really try to see it through their lens, um, you really are able to engage with them in a more effective way. Um, and really demonstrate your compassion and care for them. And when I put myself on the other side, when I feel somebody is being empathetic towards me, um, it makes me a lot more receptive to hear um, what they have to share because I, I feel that they're really hearing where I'm coming from. So it's one of my favorite words. And I think in any situation, both in your personal life, in ministry, professionally, um, if you can keep empathy in mind in any situation, um, there's no downside to it. Hello, my name is Joel Diaz. I'm uh, uh, with Calvary Chapel of Tacoma here in Tacoma, Washington. Um, the best advice, or if I were to be asked what is the most important aspect of ministry, 
uh, the best advice I could give someone is it comes out of 1 John 15, 5. Uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. So the best advice, or I, I believe what is probably the most important thing we can do in ministry is to be abiding in Christ. The number one thing to do that brings success, fulfillment, joy, is abiding in Christ. I remember when I was um, back here in Tacoma about five, six years ago, a young man asked me, oh, which pastor or minister do I most look up to and want to be like? And I thought about this and didn't take me long to answer. It's, I really don't look to a man uh, to look up to or be like. I look to Christ to, uh, to emulate and to be like. He is my role model, my uh, mentor, my leader, uh, not a man. And uh, that's not to say that we can't learn a lot from men, but you can learn a whole lot more from the Holy Spirit. Uh, so abiding in Christ means to remain as one, to be one in Christ, right? The Apostle Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I believe he literally meant that. Uh, to be successful in ministry entails taking self out of the equation and allowing Christ to live through you uh, by his spirit. And I find if we truly do this, you will have um, true peace because you know that you are giving your life to Christ to speak through you, to work through you, um, to be in you, that you might be like him. Or as Paul said, no longer I who lives, but Christ. Um, <clears throat> this is the most important thing, I believe, what one can do in ministry in order to be successful. Uh, but to me, the most important success is just obedience to God, to his spirits, uh, to his spirit. So, um, that is really the true measure of success. How obedient are we to the Father? And if we're abiding in Christ, that will always uh, come to the top. That will always be your top priority because that was Christ's top priority. Success amongst people is okay, but the great success is with God. And that is the most important piece of advice. Uh, or instruction or guidance that I could give in the ministry. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to share. And, and believe me, I know and, and I'm still striving to constantly abide in him. And it takes work, but in that work, there is success, there is fulfillment, there is joy. So I pray that you are all uh, able to do that, we're willing to do that. We're all able to, it's a matter of willing. Uh, so that's my greatest advice uh, for all the leaders and ministry leaders. Uh, thank you for your time. Hi everyone, I'm Jackie Sanchez. My husband is Jason and we live here in Bechineva, Mexico. We have been missionaries here for the last 10 years and I am also a newly appointed kindergarten teacher this year. Um, and my piece of advice is something super simple, but something that you can take with you every day. And it is to extend grace, not only to other people, but also to yourself. Um, there's so many circumstances in our lives that are out of our control. And I think sometimes we can be really hard on ourselves and, um, I just think the more grace that you give to yourself and the more you give it over to God, then it's just gonna be so much better in the end. And also don't take things in life so seriously. Have fun, laugh about things, um, make light of a situation, 
and um, just know that it's not it's not as bad as it, it really is and God is in control and everything is going to work out according to his plan and not your plan. There you go. Hey, my name is Brian Kelly and I'm working with the Cultivate Church Planting in Calvary Global Network, CGN. It's great to be here and I've got one piece of advice. And you know, being a church planter, I'm planting a church uh, in Florida on the West Coast in Bradenton. And being a pastor, the one piece of advice that I've found to be the most helpful uh, as, a, as a Christian leader, as a pastor, is to be relatable. And you know, that, that word relatable is always in the front of my mind. What does it mean to be relatable? It means when people uh, are with you, they can make a connection with you. They can, um, they can relate to the things that you live through, that, the life experiences that you have. They don't feel like they're some second-class citizens. You know, we've had uh, pastors in our lives, senior pastors, we know. It's like they're a, 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 a way up on a pedestal, way up on a stage. Listen, leaders, church leaders, pastors, be relatable. When you're relatable, four things are going to happen. Number one, people are going to be able to say, I understand you. They're going to understand who you are, where you're coming from, and vice versa. They're going to understand you. Secondly, they're going to say, I like you. <laughs> now, I know our goal isn't to be liked by everybody, but, uh, you know, because we're teaching the Word of God, and sometimes, you know, they, we say things people don't like. But if you do it in a relatable way where they know you're not preaching down at them, but together on the whole same plane, they're going to like you. Number, number three, they're going to trust you. They're going to trust you. I don't trust someone that's up in the bright lights and, you know, has a cheesy smile on their face, see, like mine. Uh, I don't trust someone that's like that. They're going to trust you if you're relatable. And then fourth and finally, they're going to be able to learn from you. This is the goal at the end of the day. Jesus was relatable. He went to weddings. He hung out. He went to the tax collector's house. He had dinner together. He wasn't, he was one of the, the people. He was relatable. If there's one thing that I can say that has benefited my ministry and my leadership, more than anything I would say practically, is being relatable with people. Don't, don't try to pretend. You know, just be who you are and uh, you're going to find it's going to really benefit your life and ministry. Hey guys, my name is John. I'm the pastor of Crossway Church in South Florida. And here's my one piece of advice. It is okay if you and your church never become the next big thing. Let me explain. Um, years ago, before we planted our church, my wife and I attended the Catalyst Conference in Georgia. Now, this was before we had started planting. This is our, the dreaming stage for us. We knew God had called us to do it, but we weren't quite sure when and where and, and what all that looked like. Uh, but I'll never forget one particular message. It was by Rob Bell before he had all this heretical stuff and controversy. At this point, he was an evangelical darling and everyone was excited to hear from him and he gets on the stage and he tells the story of how he started Mars Hill. And there were a few parts of the story that have always stuck with me. One, he says on the first Sunday, he had a thousand people show up. And then as he tells the story, he has this little side. He goes, we had a thousand people show up and we didn't even do any marketing at all. And the next thing he said was that, that early on, I can't remember if it was the first series or early on, he decided to teach through the book of Leviticus. So you can imagine, not the easiest book to teach through. He teaches through the book of Leviticus, and as he tells the story, more people show up. Thousands of people keep coming to hear him teach through the book of Leviticus. And then, I'll never forget, he said, someone decided after seeing all that God was doing that he was going to give them a building, and he gave them a mall, like a literal mall for their church building. And I remember sitting there with Melissa by me and hearing this inspirational story. I remember thinking, that is going to be me. And that is going to be our church. We're going to have that same story. We're going to blow up and we're going to have people give us a mall. And we're going to have thousands of people as I preach through the book of Leviticus. I'm like, we're going to be the next big thing. I'm going to be the next big thing. I'll write a book and go on tour and be on a stage. I mean, like all these thoughts flowing through my mind. Well, a couple years later, we did plant a church um, and we didn't have a thousand people on the first Sunday. And I have done a lot of sermon series, never taught through the book of Leviticus. And I've never had someone give us a mall. Although if anyone's interested, we're, we're happy to receive that. Uh, 
God has been faithful to Crossway over the last 13 years. We've seen growth. We've seen health. We've seen strength. We've seen people come to faith in Jesus. But you know what's true? We never became the next big thing. And I never became the next big thing in South Florida. And early on, and maybe even throughout the years, and probably still something that I work through, is there's this wrestling match of, but why not? Why not me, God? And you almost try to, you almost compare yourself with someone else. Why, why couldn't we have done that? You know, have, have I not been faithful? You know, what's going on? And, and I really sense the Lord say throughout the years, hey, John, here's the deal. It's okay if you and your church never become the next big thing. Because, because here, here's the reality. What God is asking of you and he's asking of me is not to be someone else, but simply to be faithful with what he has entrusted to us. And so here's what I want to say to you. Whatever the Lord has entrusted to you, if he's entrusted 20 or 50 or 500 or 5,000, here's what he's asking. Not to try to become the next big thing, but to simply be today faithful with what he's entrusted. And here's what I know. If you are faithful with what God has placed in your hands, at the end of the day, you'll stand before him and he's going to say this to you. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. He's not going to compare. He's going to say that based on what you've done with what he has entrusted to you. So today, it's okay if you and your church never become the next big thing. Just be faithful. Hi, I'm Kristen Torres. I'm a pastor's wife and a licensed mental health counselor. And my one piece of advice is to make sure that you are known. Please make sure someone knows you. And when I say knows you, I'm talking about actually knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, we cannot do life alone. I know so many people have said that same message, but I don't know how often we actually listen to it, right? Um, in order to be safe, in order to grow, emotionally safe, in order to grow, um, in order to lead well, I really think it's so important that we have at least that one person that really knows what's hard for us, what hurts us, what has hurt us, where we've come from, where we're at, where we're struggling, our doubts, all those things, all the middle of the night thoughts, the things that wake you up early in the morning. You need some person, you need one person at least that knows all these things. And and I know for most of us, or for a lot of us, I hope and pray that that is the Lord, but you also need a fellow human doing that with you because the Lord did not put us down here alone. And listen, we're going to probably get hurt by some of those people that know us, but my hope, my prayer is that you let that person or those people know that they may have hurt you and you give them a chance to repair that because we're going to do it imperfectly, but we need to be known. So please let yourself be known by at least one or two people. All right. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Nieves, and I'm an assistant pastor and youth leader here in Capilla Calvario de Bashiniwa, located in the state of Chihuahua in Mexico. And this is my one piece of advice. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, my wife and I have been blessed and, um, with four beautiful children. But truth be told, having a family and being uh, in the ministry, it can be really tough. And more often than I like to admit it, my kids end up getting um, the leftovers of our time and energy. And this is not good at all. God has established us as parents to be the primary spiritual influence of our children. No matter what our job no matter what our ministry may look like, we are, this is what we're supposed to be doing for our children. It is our job to train them up in the way they should go. We should get, we're gonna give an account to the Lord on that final day of how we did our job training up our children. No matter how tired we were, no matter how busy we were, no matter how, how crazy the ministry may get, this is what we're supposed to be doing. So no matter how tired we may become or busy our schedule may look, let us be ready to be training up our children in the way of the Lord. So there's two things that I'd like to talk about. My two pieces of advice is one, redeem our time and count the cost. As we're looking at our children in the ministry and as we're trying and we're striving to train them up in the way they should go, we have to recognize how important it is. This is super important. This is something that the Lord has given us as parents and we need to use our time wisely. We need to redeem the time and acknowledge that this is something that the Lord 
requires um, from us as parents. We need to invest in our children. We need to invest in them to train them up in the way they should go. Regularly and abundantly, we need to spend time together in the Word. We need to be studying the Word together as a family. There's great material, material available for us to use. Of course, we have the Bible, which is the primary source of our, uh, of our teaching to our children. But there's also family devotionals. We can worship, we can sing to the Lord together. So let us redeem our time as a family and count the cost. We only have them for a short amount of time and we have to train them up. Also spend time together. As much as, as it's possible, we need to do things together. Whether that be taking them to the store, whether it be, you know, just spending time with them no matter what it is. And our day, make, let, we have to make them part of our daily routine. And in those times, in a very natural and organic way, we can attend to their needs. We need to be attentive to their needs and train them up in the ways of the Lord. Because this, this is the way that Proverbs is talking about, about training them up in the way they should go, in the way of the Lord is the way they should go. So that's my piece of advice to you that are in, that's in the ministry, that you have a family and you're trying to juggle maybe a job, the ministry and the family. We can't give our family the scraps. We can't give them what's left of us. We have to give them the best of ourselves, and we have to train up our kids in the way they should go. So that's one of my piece of advice, and I hope that it blesses you, and it helps your family to be stronger and closer to the Lord. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Bill Schwartz, and my family and I serve as missionaries in Belgium. And I am here to just give you my one piece of advice that I like to tell all the leaders who are in my life. And that's simply this, don't do life alone. God has never asked you or required you to do life alone. There's three groups of people in your life that'll always be involved when you're doing kingdom work. Number one are the people you're supposed to reach, the people you're supposed to minister to. Number two are the people who are supposed to serve with you. Walk, aside, walk alongside with you, you serve together to accomplish the missions he's given you. And number three are the people who serve over you. And my... My simple piece of advice is this, do not do life alone. There are people that God has put over your life to be able to encourage you, instruct you, correct you, push you along. God has never asked you to do this alone. He's never gonna ask you to do this alone. And he will assign those three groups of people in your life. And we just simply have to have discernment on who they are. I don't know where I would be today if it wasn't for those leaders in my life. And I'll simply say this, I'm grateful for the leaders that God has put over me who are more concerned about my character than my gift. And they have given me so much encouragement and instruction. I wouldn't change anything in the world for those people in my life. And I just want to close by saying this, I want to be that person to someone else. And again, that comes back to that first group of people who God's called me to minister to and to encourage. Well, my name is Daniel Williams, and I have one piece of advice for you. You know, I tell people often and always, initiate your faith. Uh, have faith. You know, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 6 is one of my favorite verses and things that I keep in mind daily, weekly, monthly when I make decisions as a church leader. I lead uh, the ministry EE leaders, but I also shepherd and have planted uh, a local church in South Florida, Redemption Church in Delray Beach. And I always have something in mind when I'm trying to lead people and make decisions for the church. I want to do it by faith. I want to have faith in the moment and initiate faith to be able to uh, make those decisions that impact us as a church. As a leader, I always want to do faith because the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to him, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Some translations, I think the New King James says, who diligently seek him. I want to diligently put myself in a position of faith. If I have two decisions and one decision is pushing me towards faith and trust in God, I'm going to go for it. Because you know what? 
there is no failure then. You see, it's impossible to please God without faith because I have to trust him knowing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and believe that he exists. If he's calling me to do something, there is no failure because then when I'm doing and what I'm doing, how I'm initiating my faith, it becomes worship. And as a leader, I want to do everything that I can that is worship unto the Lord. And so I want to continue to make decisions that put me in a position to have faith. You know, I was recently thinking about this passage in uh, the Gospels where Peter walked on water. Peter actually walked on water, but none of the other disciples did. And the crazy thing is Jesus, the text says he was just going to walk by, but Peter initiated, hey, Lord, if that's you, and he stopped, have me come out and walk. He initiated his faith. He went proactively and said, Jesus, I, w- I want to come to you. I want to follow you. Will you help me? And what happened? Jesus said, come come on. You know, it was one of the only times that Jesus marveled in the gospels is because when people had faith, when the Shatirian man asked for his servant to be, um, asked for his servant to be, uh, healed. I think it's in Matthew chapter eight. Jesus uh, was marveled at his faith because the guy was like, listen, you have authority. You don't even need to come to me. Just speak the words and it will be done. He made that a pause and said, listen, listen, look, everyone, this man's faith is incredible. It's a godly example. Or you may remember the woman who anointed Jesus' feet with oil. I think it's Luke chapter 7. She uh, anointed him with oil and Jesus said to her, by your faith, you are saved. He marveled at faith when people had great faith and he honored faith and it pleases God to have faith. But you know, Jesus also marveled when the people had unbelief. Mark chapter 6 in his own hometown, prophet is not welcome. They said, who is this guy? I don't know. And the text says he could not do He could not do what he was supposed to do or what he wanted to do because of their lack of faith, because of their unbelief. I want to walk in faith. I want to initiate faith in my leadership, in my life to proactively move towards trusting God because no matter the outcome, it becomes worship and it pleases God. And so I can fail forward. I can keep on stepping out, venture outing in faith because it can be worship unto the Lord. And so I tell church leaders all the time, what is faith in the moment? How can you initiate it? Are you making decisions based off of faith, not off of feelings, not off of your flesh, but how are you in the spirit trusting the Lord? Go for it. Because guess what? If you go for it and if you please the Lord by initiating your faith, you'll continually grow. And this is why the Bible says from faith to faith, we move. And it's from grace to grace. God will cover you as you humble yourself, trust him by grace. As you humble yourself, trust him, man, you'll You'll honor God and you'll grow in your leadership. And it's something you can look back and know that you please the Lord as you follow him and trust him. So keep initiating your faith, keep trusting him, and may God bless you.